The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. How was your day? Good? Praise God. Before I go into um, God's words, there's someone here this evening, the devil has been harassing you with fear. I don't know if there's more than one person, but for one person, it has to do with fear where your children are concerned. God wants to set you free tonight. If you're that person, can you just wave your hands where you are? The devil has been harassing you with fear. Hallelujah. Can you just come forward? In the name of Jesus, I rebuke every harassment of the enemy. I rebuke the spirit of fear. And I say, Satan, take your hands off God's daughter. In the name of Jesus, I declare that the peace of God comes over your heart. The assurance that comes from knowing that you have a covenant with God that will never, ever fail. Takes over your heart. Takes over your mind. Takes over your thoughts. And I declare that you are at peace. In the name of Jesus, amen. Glory to God. All right, so we're in God's delivery room tonight, learning how to lay hold on our possessions. And this evening, I'm going to be speaking on what I title, Attitudes That Make for Obtaining Your Deliveries. Attitudes that make for obtaining your deliveries. Now, I'm going to be talking about different things. Not everything I, you know, will pertain to every single person here. But it's important that you understand that God deals with people in different ways. And so I just wanted to stay attentive to God, stay sensitive to God, and, you know, just lay hold on that one thing, that two thing that God is nudging at your heart. And God wants you to pay attention to. And I trust God that we will see manifestation in our lives in the name of Jesus. Amen. So when we talk about, you know, the, the concept of a delivery room, you know, I have a picture of an organization. Now, when you go to many organizations, you have a delivery room, or some people call it a mail room. And what happens there? There are packages that are, you know, delivered into that room that are meant, you know, for um, distribution to people in that particular organization. Mails come in, luggage comes in, letters, and, you know, what have you. They all come into that central location, and then they are, you know, from that place dispatched to people. You also have the picture of a woman who is pregnant. When a pregnant woman becomes due, what happens? She's checked into the delivery room, labor and delivery room, like they call it. <laughs> so she's checked into the delivery room, and the expectation is that after spending some time in that delivery room, she comes out with a package of a child. Hallelujah. So in the same way, God has a delivery room where, you know, there are packages, there are products, there are supplies, there are what have you, you know, that God has put together all for his children. Hallelujah. And the first thing I'm going to be talking about tonight is the fact that you should understand that your supplies are secure. 
Understand that your supplies are secure. Hallelujah. In God's delivery room, God has made available abundance of supplies. Amen. The Bible says that, you know, makes us understand that God has paid for our glorious life. He has made available all things that pertain to life and to godliness, all for us. Romans 8.32 says that he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely, that's the operative word, freely give us all things. Freely give us all things. Someone has paid for those things for us. Amen. And it's not limited to a particular area of our lives. It's not limited to a particular amount. But it says all things can be freely made available unto us. And so in God's delivery room, every single person has packages that have been customized for you. Every single person has goods that God has addressed to to be delivered unto you. Every single person has something that they can lay hold of in God's delivery room. Whatever you need in your life, you can find an answer, you can find a solution in God's delivery room. Hallelujah. So there are answers for you, whatever your need may be. You know, many years ago I read a book by Robert Lerden, I Saw Heaven. And he talked about the fact that, you know, when he, you know, went to heaven, had a vision and went to heaven, that an angel of God, you know, took him to a particular room. And in that particular room, there were spare parts of bodies, as it were, you know, in that room. And he was asking the angel, you know, what are all these things doing here? And the angel of God told him that, you know, they are meant for God's people, that have been packaged and laid there for God's people. But many of God's people are not taking advantage of it. And not laying hold on their deliveries. And not laying hold on the spare parts that they need. Hallelujah. So there is absolutely no issue where the supply of our needs, where the supply of our desires are concerned. Amen. You know, how many of you have, have, have gone somewhere, maybe online or you go to a physical store, you want to place an order, and you are told, oh, sorry, we just ran out of stock. Come back in two weeks' time. You know, we hope to receive more supplies. Amen. But you know something about God? He never runs out of stock. He never runs out of supply. Whatever your need is, he's got the answer. Whatever your problem is, he's got the solution. The Bible calls him the almighty God. The El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. And if there's something that you think you need that doesn't even exist... God has the ability to create it. Amen. He can handle whatever emergencies you find yourselves in. Amen. He doesn't have to consult anybody. He is the creator. He is the manufacturer. He is the supplier. He is all in all. And he will make it available unto you. So you must understand that, you know, your supplies are secure. Whatever it is you need, whatever it is you desire, whatever your problem is, there is an answer in God and that answer is available in abundant supply for you. Glory to Jesus. Amen. So God will create it. He's well equipped to handle your problems. He's more than able to make the delivery available unto you. And I tell you, from time immemorial, there have been people that have been taking advantage of what they have in God. Every single day, people are taking advantage of what they have in God. And so the question I'm going to ask is, why not you? Why not you? 
There are people that are experiencing the goodness of God from, I mean, from years past. And there are people that will continue for years to come. So why not you? The Bible says freely given us all things. So it applies to every single person. Psalm 68 verse 19. The Bible says that blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. For he is the God of our salvation. Daily loads us with benefits. Ask your neighbor for me. Have you received your benefit from God today? Daily loads us. And you know, you know the word of God does not lie. God's word is true. So every single day, you can expect that you can receive benefits from God. You can receive deliveries from God. You can receive supplies from God. You can experience the goodness of God. You can experience the favor of God. You can experience open heavens. You can experience abundance. Because the Bible says that God daily loads us with benefits. And he freely gives us all things. Because he has given the ultimate price already. Hallelujah. So it's important that your heart is secure. That whatever, I mean, I can never be stranded. I can never be stranded. Wherever I may find myself in, you know, there is a supply for me. There is an answer for me. There is a solution for me. And all I need to do is to lay hold on it and take hold of my deliveries. Because God is ever ready to supply on a daily basis. Hallelujah. Number two, the power of expectation. The power of expectation. When a woman is expecting, every fiber of her being is in expectation mode. Every fiber of her being is in expectation mode. And they expect that at some point, you know, they're going to take delivery of a baby. Pastor T traveled a few weeks ago, and before he traveled, he was asking, or rather, no, my son, Toby, told him that, Daddy, I want you to buy Ben 10 restaurant for me. The boy was specific, and he made his request. And believe you me, every single time he spoke to his daddy on the phone, he says, Daddy, have you bought my Ben 10 wristwatch? For the first couple of days, it was one excuse or the other that his daddy was giving. <laughs> it was harassment. The first thing he would say, Daddy, have you bought my Ben 10 wristwatch? And his daddy would say, No, okay, I'll go tomorrow. I'll go at this time and that time. So his daddy finally went. And, you know, the next time he called him, he says, Daddy, have you bought my Ben 10 wristwatch? And his daddy says, Okay, I didn't see Ben 10 wristwatch, but I saw Spider Man and Paw Patrol. Now, I don't know what they agreed. But, you know, the next day, you know, Toby was asking me that, you know, Mommy, I want two wristwatches. I said, you don't need two wristwatches. What do you want two wristwatches for? And he said, ah, but Daddy has many wristwatches. <laughs> so I said, when you become a Daddy, you can have many wristwatches. <laughs> you know? So apparently, the boy had told his Daddy that, okay, he wants those two wristwatches. So the next time he spoke to his daddy, he says, Daddy, have you bought my Spider-Man wristwatch and my Paw Patrol wristwatch? And his daddy says, yes. And he says, Daddy, I want to see it. <laughs> Live. And his daddy says, ah, but I'm going to bring it when I'm coming home. He says, eh, Daddy, I want to see it. The daddy had to show him on WhatsApp. 
So he saw the wristwatch, and you know, he was <laughs> cool temper. But he had an expectation. Now, on the other hand, you know, his sister did not ask for anything. So is that, that I mean, Pastor was asking Nifem, Nifem, what do you want? Nifem did not know what she wanted, you know? And so, you know, he, he just used his discretion to buy, you know, something good for her. The power of expectation. He made a demand and he was expecting. He had no doubt in his heart that his father was going to buy, you know, the Benton wristwatch. But he just wanted, you know, the assurance that, okay, the wristwatch has been bought. I want to see the wristwatch so that I know what is coming to me. You know, when we're dealing with God, we can't afford to have a casual attitude. Many believers, you know, they are casual about, you know, you want something today, tomorrow, okay, I'm not sure, do I really want it? You ask today, you even forget about what you're expecting from God. Amen. But if you don't have a strong image, if you don't have a strong picture of what you want to see in manifestation in, 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 in your life, you know, the devil will bring in contrary images, the devil will bring in contrary views, and every reason why you cannot have those things that, you know, you thought you should have. Amen. So lack of expectation can, even though God has packaged, you know, has packages for people, can make them miss their delivery because they're not expecting anything. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, so we can't afford to be casual when we're dealing with God. You know, the Bible says that the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut short. You know, I remember a time also I was, I mean, when, when I traveled, you know, there was a delivery. I didn't know that there was a delivery that was supposed to be made on a particular day. Now, I heard the, bell, heard the bell ring, and I wasn't expecting anybody, so I took my time. You know, by the time I came downstairs and I opened the door, I saw a FedEx van leaving with the delivery they were supposed to have, you know, <laughs> brought to the house. So I wasn't expecting it, and, you know, I took my time, and, you know, I missed my delivery. Amen. And unfortunately, that's what happens to a lot of believers. Glory to God. You don't have any expectation and therefore you cannot position yourself appropriately. And so when things are being released by God, you know, you are nowhere to be found to lay hold of your possession. Hallelujah. And you know, sometimes some, someone might say, oh, but you know, I, I was expecting God to do something for me and you know, God did not come through for me. But you know, God, God is never late. God is never late. In our eyes, we might seem as if, oh, we've missed the deadline. I wanted it done today, and God did not do it, you know, today and all that. But manifestation time, you know, the, the time your, your, your expectation manifests, you know, can be the time where you maximize that manifestation in your life the most. Amen. God is able to bring about, you know, uh, 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 I mean, the things that you never understood, the things that, you know, you never perceived. By the time God brings about that manifestation, you realize that, oh, yes, indeed, God knew what he was doing and this indeed was the right time that you know i ought to have worked in that manifestation and there are times also that you know god a man is asking god for god i need money and god doesn't answer you with money god answers you with a job get to work get something doing someone else might ask god for god i want you know a job with a multinational company god gives you a job but god gives you a job at the local government close to your house. Sometimes, you know, when our expectations manifest, it may not look like what we thought we were expecting. But if you stay with God, you realize that definitely God knows what he's doing. God's ways are the best. God's answers are the best. God's solutions are superior to anything you could have thought out for yourself. But it's important that you have a strong hope 
that you have a strong expectation. Isaiah 54 verse 1 says, Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. A person working with expectation, a person that has expectations will make room for the manifestation. Will make room, hallelujah. The Bible says, you know, that you should stretch forth the curtains of your habitations. You know, you will break forth on the left and on the right. There are certain things that if God brings into the manifestation into your life today, you don't have the capacity to handle it. You don't have the capacity. And so that's why, you know, there are certain things that it might seem they're being delayed, but God knows what he's doing. God wants you to get to a situation where when he eventually releases, you know, that desire and that dream of yours, you know, it accomplishes what you originally intended in your life. And you can make the most of it and make the best of it. Praise God. So always keep hope alive. Keep hope alive and never give up on your hope and on your dreams. Hallelujah. Number three. Don't let possessions and things control you. Don't let possessions and things control you. Let's turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 12 from verse 15. Luke 12 and 15. And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my bands and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Don't let possessions and things control you. Amen. God is definitely not against us having things. The Bible itself says that God gives us richly all things to enjoy. Richly all things to enjoy. God is a lavish God. In fact, there are things that we will see in heaven and we'll be shocked that, you know, why didn't I maximize some of these things while I was on earth? Amen, because God himself is a lavish God. But God is against things controlling us. And we must realize that, you know, the, everything that we acquire on earth, they're not going anywhere with you. A man's life is not a function of the things that he possesses. 
You know, so many people, they have, you know, the feeling that, oh, if only I can get, you know, that new job, that new raise, you know, make my business, you know, get established, you know, then I will have, you know, the peace of mind. But things do not satisfy. The only thing that satisfies is God and his kingdom. It's God and his kingdom. And that's why, you know, Jesus Christ, you know, also taught someone in the book of Luke. He says that, lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. The things that we accumulate, you know, the riches, the wealth, the cars, the houses, the lands, they're not living this earth. When we eventually leave this earth, we're going to leave all those things behind. And so you ask yourself, you know, then why do so many people, you know, spend all their lives, you know, acquiring and acquiring these things? Now, the, sto- the story that Jesus Christ was talking about he says that, you know, the, the, the ground of the certain man yielded plentifully. Amen. And I know that's what a lot of us desire. We want our businesses to prosper. You want your children to be fruitful. You want to have your needs met. You want to have, you know, good clothes to wear. You want to have good, you know, cars to drive. You want to have good, you know, houses to live in. You want, you know, there to be increased and, you know, multiples of increase in, you know, your business, your job, your career and the like. And those things are certainly not bad. But Jesus Christ was saying something about you know, this man, all that he was doing was to accumulate, you know, like, like someone said, was to get all he can. He cooled, and then he was sitting on the can. No concept of God at all in his, you know, memory, in his mind. No concept of the kingdom of God at all in his thoughts. And that's where many people miss it. You know, many times, you know, we are asking God for this and we are asking God for that. And, you know, God is faithful. You know, God is, God, God is going to give us those things. Amen. But what do we do when we get those things? What's our attitude after we get those things eventually? If we started the life of Solomon, Solomon was someone that tried, you know, everything that could possibly be attempted on the face of the earth. The Bible says that he was the wisest man, you know, on the, you know, on the face of the earth. He was the richest man. He had, you know, I don't think anybody has as many wives as, and concubines as Solomon had. So he tasted of every single thing, almost everything that, you know, one could taste of on this earth. And I know at the end of his life, what did he say? Vanity upon vanity. All is vanity. We will prosper all. We will prosper, we would have riches, we would build businesses, we would have politicians arise from within us, you know, we will control wealth, you know, in this world. Amen. But don't allow those things to be the things that determine your destiny. A man that today, you know, he doesn't have a car, he's walking on the streets of Lagos, committed to God, faithful to God. And on a regular basis, you know, he's doing bus evangelism. He has no choice anyway. He's in the bus, you know, every single day of, of, you know, going to work. And then God blesses the man. He gets a car. He gets a good house. And he gets to the point where, oh, okay, my car has gone for servicing. I can't go for service today. (laughs) Your car is the one determining what you are going to do. You know, I, I spoke with a lady some time ago. I mean, it was a long time ago. And, you know, I was asking her, why haven't you been coming to church? And she said, oh, I don't want to be wearing the same clothes every day. 
oh, every Sunday, you know, people will be looking at me. And this was, I mean, she had a few clothes, maybe not as much as she wanted. And I looked at, and this was not, you know, someone who is, you know, just getting born again and, and, and all that. So I was saying that, is it clothes that would then determine whether you serve God or not? If I have to wear the same thing over and over again, who cares? If you like, look at me. I don't care. All that I know I care about is that, you know, God sees my heart and I'm serving God. I'm here for, to serve God and not to serve any man. So who cares what someone thinks about you, about your clothes, the clothes that you wear tire? Praise God. So God is saying that, you know, even in our possessing those natural things, possessing the things, you know, that he has made available to us, we should never ever get to the point where we allow those things to control us. The Bible says in Psalm 62 verse 10, Do not trust in oppression, nor vainly hope in robbery. If riches increase, do not set your heart on them. Do not set your trust in them. Do not set your confidence in them. You know, many times you can get to the point where people get to the point where, you know, you have a symptom on your body. The times when you didn't have any money to see the go to the doctor, you know, the first thing that came to you was by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. But now you can afford to go to the most expensive hospital down the road. And so you have headache and then you're running to the hospital. You've forgotten what the word of God says. You've forgotten the covenants that, that God has caught with you. Amen. You are putting your trust, you know, in what the doctor can do as opposed to what the word of God can do. Now, it's not wrong to go to the doctors, but our first part of call should always be the word of God and what the God of God has promised to do in our lives. Hallelujah. So we will increase, oh, we will prosper, but these things, they are not the things that satisfy. God wants you to use those things like he said, you know, to that, to that, about that rich man. The rich man was not rich towards God. He was not rich towards God. He was being rich unto himself, accumulating the things unto himself and himself alone. Paul, he said in Philippians 4 that, you know, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. My God will supply every need of yours, but I know how to live lavishly. And I know how to live, you know, in a situation where, you know, I'm in lack, I'm in want, and, you know, there are things that I still desire in my life. I can swing, you know, from one extreme to another. Glory to God. How do you know when things begin to control you? Luke 18, Jesus Christ talked about another young ruler. The man felt that he had every aspect of his life together. And he told God, good. he came to meet Jesus and was like, you know, good master, what can I do to inherit the kingdom of God? You know, all these commandments of yours, I've kept them since I was a child and therefore... He was expecting that Jesus Christ would tell him, oh, you've done well. Give him a pat on the back. You qualify for the kingdom. But Jesus Christ told him one thing. Go and sell everything that you have and distribute them to the poor. And the man was devastated. So it was obvious that it was his possessions that were controlling him. He was completely devastated. Just one thing. Just one thing. Just one thing. And it took him completely off guard. Hallelujah. You know, God will bless us. God will increase us. God will, you know, give us things. But the same God that gives unto us can make a demand of those things. And what is your attitude going to be the day God makes a demand of the same things that he gave to you? Ask Abraham. 
who waited for a child for how many years? And God eventually answered him. And you know the thing about God? God did not even, you know, maybe if God had taken the child maybe the second day or something, at least there would not have been so much bonding as it were. You know, but God waited. Waited for the child to grow up. That Abraham, you know, looked at his son and was like, yes, this is my heir. This is my heir. And then God woke up and said, that son of yours, your only son, whom thou lovest, I need him. So we must realize that, you know, many times, you know, God is going to make demands of us. So what are we going to do when God makes that demand of us? The children of Israel also, they were in bondage, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, they went from, you know, poverty to prosperity. They were slaves one day, and God told them, go and ask your masters, you know, go and ask them for gold, and go and ask them for, you know, precious items and the like. And the Bible says that, you know, they got everything that they asked for. So overnight, they became rich. Amen. Hallelujah. But the Bible says that somewhere in the middle of the desert, God made a demand for them, you know, for those things that they accumulated. God made a demand from them. So we must realize that there are many times that God is going to, going to make tough demands from us. And ultimately, even if God makes a demand from us, you know, many times when we learn, you know, the way God operates, and we learn to yield to him, and we learn to, you know, just obey him, we realize that he will give us even multiple times over and above what we thought we were trying to hold on to before. So what's the use of holding on to things? What's the use of holding on to things? Amen. Glory to God. Number four. God wants to use you as a channel to bring about deliveries for others. God wants to use you as a channel to bring about deliveries for others. He that giveth to the poor lendeth to the Lord. He that giveth to the poor lendeth to the Lord. God told Abraham in Genesis 12, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. Many of us are in God's delivery room. There are things that we're expecting. There are things that we're desiring. There are packages that we want to be delivered to you. But there's something about, you know, taking your eyes off your own needs. Taking your eyes off your own wants. Taking your eyes off your desires. And focusing on, God, who is that next person that you want to use me as a channel? God wants to use you as delivery agents. Amen. Even though you're expecting your packages, God wants to use you as a channel to bless people that are around you. God wants to use you as, as I mean, there are people out there that don't even know that God has packaged things for them. That God has answers for them. That God is the solution that they need and they desire. There are many people that don't know. And so God wants to use you as a channel. God wants to use you as an agent. Amen. And so many times, you know, God wants you to just take your eyes off yourself for a moment. And learn to focus on people around you. And in meeting the needs of people around you, God is going to bring about your own deliveries. God is going to bring about your own supplies. Hallelujah. So God wants you to be a channel. 
God wants to, your, to you to make yourself available as an agent. Remember the, 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 the you know, in, in the Gospels, the Bible talks about the feeding of the 5,000, you know, people. You know, they needed to feed, I mean, God told it, Jesus Christ had told the disciples to go and get, you know, food. And, you know, there was no food anywhere. There was a little boy, you know, that just came to hear the word of God. He had a need. He just wanted to hear God's word. He just wanted to be blessed, you know, by the ministration of Jesus. Amen. And he got to know that, you know, the disciples were looking for food to feed, you know, the 5,000 people. And what did he do? He made his little lunch available. And God used him as a channel. And what happened eventually, the Bible says that, you know, there were baskets and baskets that were left over. You know, even from his, his little lunch that he made available. We read about the story of the, the, the widow of Zarephath. There was famine in the land. Now, the natural thing for her to do, you know, was to just focus on her and her family, which was what, you know, she was set out to do anyway. The Bible says that Elijah came to meet her and she told Elijah, you know, the only food I have left in my house is just for myself and my son. We will just eat and we will lanusafefe. Whatever happens, happens. Amen. But the man of God made a demand of her. And she was wise enough to obey. Amen. She went ahead and she used what she had that to have served her and her son to serve the man of God. And what happened eventually was the key that unlocked, you know, the endless deliveries, the endless supplies that she had. That singular act of obedience. And you know, many times, you know, when we talk about things controlling us, you know, it's not a function of how much you have. There are people that are broke, that money is still controlling them. That money is still their God. So it's not a function of, you know, how much you have available, but, you know, I just make myself available. Jesus Christ said that, you know, Anyone who would give even as little as a cup of cold water would in no wise lose his or her reward. Come on, everybody can give a cup of cold water. A cup of cold water. So it's not a, a, a function of, you know, how much I have or how much I don't have. Where you are, how can I make myself an agent of the blessing of God, of the deliveries of God? How can I, you know, ensure that, you know, God uses me to bring about, you know, the deliveries to other people around me. And as other people are receiving their deliveries, I tell you, it's going to unlock the endless flow of God's supplies in your own life. So God must realize that, you know, God wants to use you as a channel. Everybody is going to have needs. Everybody is going to have, you know, an expectation at every point in time of their lives. But there are people always going to be people around you that have needs. And if we can learn to see through the eyes of the Father, if we can learn to see the, through the eyes of God and see the people that God wants to get things across to also and make ourselves available as an agent, amen, we will unlock the flow of God's deliveries in our lives. So, I mean, there are some people here that, you know, you just need to step aside from me, myself, and I and begin to look around you. Who can I be a blessing to? Who can I be a channel to? Who can I be God's career agent to, to ensure that this person also enjoys the deliveries that God, I know, has packaged for him or her? And as we learn to live our lives that way, I tell you, we will see increase. I tell you, we will see multiplication. Because that's what we're here for. That's what we're here to do. The things that God blesses us with 
ultimately it's not meant for us alone, but it's meant for us to be a channel to other people. And there's no way you will be a pipe, you know, that is allowing water to flow through you, that you won't get wet. So long as I make myself available and that water keeps, keeps flowing, I will always be wet. I will always be wet. So one key secret to ensuring that we have the constant supplies of God in our lives is to ensure that we're not focused on ourselves alone, but you are focused on other people. You are focused on other people around you. You are focused on the needs of others. You are focused on getting people, you know, translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God's, God's dear son. You are focused on getting someone around you clothed. You are focused on the, and ensuring that someone around you has food to eat. You are focused on ensuring that someone around you who seems to be in despair, you can bring a word of hope. You can bring a message of hope. There is something you have that you can bless someone with, no matter how small. So don't ever despise what you have. Don't ever despise what you have. Make it available to God. Someone said that little, you know, in your hands, one place in God's hand becomes much. It becomes much. Number five. You must be rightly positioned. You must be rightly positioned. God places your deliverables along his path for your life. God places your deliverables along his path for your life. The Bible says in Psalm 65 verse 11, you crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. Your paths drip with abundance. When you learn to align yourself with God's will, with God's plan, with God's purpose, then you will experience the abundance that God has made available for you. There are many people that are experiencing that, expecting their deliveries. But guess what? They're at the wrong bus stop. They're at the wrong post office. And as long as you are at the wrong post office, you are not going to get that package. But when we align ourselves to God then we open up the God, I mean, we open up ourselves to God, you know, experiencing, I mean, pouring forth his abundance into our lives. You know, Pastor T, you know, talks a lot about the fact, you know, when he was called to go to Alagbado Church, you know, and that was the first time that, you know, we began to experience answers where our prayers concerning, you know, having children were concerned. If we had continued to stay at memorable gathering, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what today have been, would have been. But thank God we obeyed and we are where we are today. Because that was God's path for us. And instructions, you know, from God are, are the things that are going to reveal God's will and God's plan and God's, and God's direction for us. Every single day God is giving us instructions. Every single day God is giving us directions. And you must begin to ask yourselves, you know, are there any instructions from God that I'm ignoring today? Are there any directions from God that God has given me that I'm ignoring? Are there things that God has asked me to do? Are there places that God has asked me to go that I'm ignoring and I've been turning, you know, a deaf ear, a blind eye, or what have you? Those things, you know, can be things that have been stopping your deliveries from manifesting. 
When we find ourselves, the Bible says that there is a path that seemed, you know, good unto a man, but the end thereof are ways of destruction. It seems good to us, but is it good to God? Is that, is that where God is asking you to go? Is that the direction that God is leading? It might not make sense at the beginning, amen. But it doesn't need to make sense. All that, needs, that matters is that, you know, I'm following God. I'm going where God is leading me. This is the direction that God wants me to take, and I'm going to step up, you know, and, and, and move on in that direction. And as you obey, I tell you, God's, the windows of heaven are going to be opened up unto you. Amen. His paths drip with abundance naturally. There are some things that you won't have to struggle for because you are in the will of God. But there are many things that you will struggle for if you are outside God's will. But the moment you realize and you step into that circle of, you know, of the will of God, of the plan of God, the struggling will cease. And there are things that will come with ease. Amen. Because you are in a place of obedience. Praise God. Some people are waiting in the wrong location. And, they, and you know, the earlier you relocate, the better for you. The better for you. Some people are praying and doing all the right things. You know, you're confessing the word of God. You're sowing your seed and it seems nothing is happening. But you are at the wrong post. And you need to relocate. And until you relocate, there are some things that will not be released into your life. So when you take time to seek God out, you know, concerning his plans, concerning where exactly he wants you to be and what exactly he wants you to do, then you will begin to embrace your deliveries like never before. Hallelujah. Number six, maintain an attitude of rest. Maintain an attitude of rest. There are some people that if you have in your company, you know, there are sometimes that, you know, we're doing a project at work and all that, and there are some people that everybody wants to have on their team. They know that once they have that person on their team, ah, they're settled. <laughs> Amen. There are some people that you, if you have in your life, you know, you know that uh, nothing, nothing. I'm settled for life. Glory to God. You know, Jesus Christ told about, I mean, in Mark chapter 4, you know, told the disciples after ministering, you know, for a period of time, let us go over to the other side. Let us go over to the other side. And the Bible says that the disciples, they began to go and they took Jesus along with them. They took Jesus along. They were the ones driving the boats. So they were driving the boats, and they found themselves, you know, in the middle of a storm. The Bible says that a hurricane, hurricane, you know, um, 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 came up. And, you know, they began to be be afraid, and, you know, they went to Jesus. And Jesus Christ, you know, gently followed them. You know, they took Jesus along, so Jesus Christ followed them. And Jesus Christ went to sit down in one corner of the boat, and he was asleep. And when the storm came, they went and they woke Jesus up. Jesus, master, carest thou not that we perish. Amen. Jesus Christ was the one that gave the instruction. Let's go over to the other side. But they felt that, you know, that was their terrain. You know, we are the ones that, you know, um, drive the boats and, and do all that. Okay, let's just take Jesus Christ along. Jesus, cool here, sleep here. You know, have your own, do your own thing here. Amen. They were used to doing that over and over again. And they forgot about the instruction that Jesus Christ gave them, gave them. The instruction came from Jesus and they should have allowed Jesus to guide the boat. Perhaps if they had allowed Jesus Christ to guide the boat, 
they won't have experienced that storm. Amen. But that being said, the fact that Jesus Christ is in your boat does not necessarily mean you won't have any storm. But you can rest assured that I'm not going to perish in that storm. I'm not going to perish in that storm. And they were wise enough to call you know, Jesus Christ to, 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 to help them out of the storm. So we don't have Jesus living on earth here today, but we have Jesus in the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been given to us as a companion to help us, to lead us, to direct us. Amen. You know, I remember that was a few years ago, I went with my boss to, for a meeting in South Africa. And when we were returning, we checked in. We were a few hours early for our flight. And so we went to sit down in the lounge. I was working on my computer. My boss was doing some other things. Now, my computer was set, both my computer and my wristwatch were set to Lagos time. I know there's one hour difference between um, South Africa and Lagos. And so after some time, you know, my boss was like, let's start going to the gates. And I looked at him. I was like, uh-uh, why the hurry? So I just took my time and, you know, waited a bit. So when we eventually got our things together, we got to the, um, the gates. Now, as we were coming, we saw two, two of the, you know, um, airport attendants. And they were looking at us, you know, and they said, are you not going to run? <laughs> and I was like, this flight is still in about, you know, I'm still about, four, I have still 45 minutes or one hour, you know, before the flight. So why are you telling me to run? And they kept looking at us and saying, won't you run? So we eventually got to their front. And they told us that you are late for the flight. And I said, what do you mean? And I looked at the time and I realized that I was operating on Lagos time instead of South Africa time. You know, we begged and we begged and we begged and we begged. Nothing, nothing. They said, you are going to offload, you know, your suitcase from the plane. In fact, they showed us that they were offloading, you know, our luggage from the plane already. <sighs> like joke, like joke. We didn't get on that flight. You know, but one thing that gave me assurance, I was with my boss. I'm settled. If I was alone on that flight, man, <laughs> I'll have it completely on my own. You know, so she started call, to call travel desk and she was like, you know, any airline at all that is available, I'm leaving today. And I know that she will not leave and leave me behind. So I sat down and I was smiling. One of my colleagues sent me a mail and said, God saved you. <laughs> Amen. So I knew that, you know, I had her with me and, you know, she's a good person. She was not going to go to Lagos and, you know, abandon me. So whatever arrangement she was making for herself, she would definitely make for me. And eventually we still left that day. <laughs> Glory to God. So the Holy Spirit has been given to us, you know, to bring about ease in our lives. To bring about ease in our lives. Hallelujah. There are many times that we need to take our hands off, you know, the struggling, the fretting, the worry, the anxiety. And just allow the Holy Spirit to run things for us. What if I had sat down with my boss and I started, you know, worrying and fretting and and stuff like that, you know? It wouldn't have resulted in anything. But because I knew what she had the the capacity to do. I could rest. I could rest knowing that, I mean, a solution will come forth one way or the other. Amen. 
So God has given us the Holy person of the Holy Spirit. Jesus in the person of the Holy Spirit. God in the person of the Holy Spirit. There are times that, you know, we might, it might seem like we're experiencing pain along the way. You know, you're waiting for your deliveries. Nothing is happening. Nothing is moving forward. You know, nothing. You, you've done everything that you can. You've made all the calls, you know, that you think you can. You've sowed all the seeds that you think you can sow. And nothing seems to be happening. There are times that you just need to rest. And know that God is in control. God is in control. The Holy Spirit is in control. God has got your back. Amen. God has got your back. So God has specifically assigned someone to bring about ease in our lives. So many times you need to take your eyes off the difficulty that is around you. The delay that is around you. The hopelessness that seems to be around you. And just rest in the fact that... I know God has got my back. I know God is working. I know the Holy Spirit is working. And he's not going to abandon me. I have confidence in what he has the capacity to do. And I know that he will come through for me. And therefore I choose to rest. And therefore I choose to allow him to lead me and to direct the boat. I choose to allow him to, uh, to, to, to show me the way to go. I choose to allow him to make a path for me even where there seems to be no path. Because there's nothing, there, there, there's so many things that I don't know. But I know that he is the one that knows the end from the beginning. And he's able to show me how to go. Hallelujah. So many times, you know, lay aside the anxiety, lay aside the worry. And choose to rest in the ability of God. And choose to rest in the power of God. And choose to rest in the grace of God. Paul was in trouble. He told God, take this thing away from my life. Take this away from my life. Take this, you know, you know this issue away from my life. And God told him that my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. So the ability of God was made manifest in that situation. He thought he could not find a way around. So many times when we learn to relax and trust God, you will find strength that you never knew was available. You begin to see clearly things that you never saw before. But when we allow worry and when we allow anxiety, we get in the way of God doing his thing. And you can delay your deliveries. But when you learn to take your hands off and allow God to do his his own thing, his own way, there are answers that will come to you that you never knew before. God will open your eyes. God will open your ears to hear the things that you never heard before. God will show you the things that you ought to do to ensure that, you know, the things that have been delayed eventually come into manifestation. Glory to God. So let's give God room to work. Let's give the Holy Spirit room to work in our lives. Let's allow God to have his way in our lives. Let's allow God to rule our lives. Let's allow God to hold our hands and to lead us. Because he knows the way. The path that you don't know, he knows the way. The answer that you need, he's got the answer. The problem that you want solved, he's got the solution. So learn to rest in his ability. Glory to God. He has got your back. And he will never ever fail you. You know, even in um, where most, well, not most, there are modern-day techniques for pain management these days. So when a woman is in, you know, the labor and delivery room, there are things that you can do that you can bring forth that child without pain. There's epidural, you know, there, 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 there are breathing techniques that, you know, they teach women and all that. But there are things that can be done to ensure that that pain does not get the most of you. 
When you are in a difficult situation, there are things that the Holy Spirit, that's the job of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that he is the God of all grace. He is the God of all grace. So Paul got to a point where he thought he couldn't take it anymore. But God told him, I have more than enough grace. My grace is available for you and my strength will make perfect in your weakness. And so strength came from where he never knew that there was strength. So you're in that situation and you're holding on and you assume that you, it seems that you can't, you can't go forward anymore. But God is saying, my grace is available. If you will lay hold of my Holy Spirit, if you will embrace my Holy Spirit, if you are allowed because he's a helper, that's who he is. If you will embrace this helper, you will find help that you never knew was available. You will find strength that you never knew was available. And eventually your deliveries are going to come through because you are giving him room to walk and to do his way. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So God is saying tonight, there are deliveries for every single person. Every single person. And you've got to consciously begin to take them. But knowing and understanding that he's not giving you those things to accumulate for yourself. You will enjoy it, but he says that we should be rich towards God. We should be rich towards God. We should be rich towards God. We should be channels and agents. God's career agents, even to people that don't know that there are answers and there are solutions for them. We have heard, we know, we have experienced, but there are people that don't know that there are answers for them. There are people that don't know that they can experience healing. There are people that don't know that you know, they can receive a word of comfort, a word of hope. There are people that don't know that there is a God that loves them more than they could ever imagine. And we are the ones that God wants to make uh, his agents. We are the ones that God wants to use to reach all those people. So we will experience the fullness of God. We will enjoy the fullness of God. And at the same time, we will be channels of God's blessing. Channels of God's favor. Channels of God's increase. Channels of God's love and his fullness. Hallelujah. Let's rise up on our feet tonight. The preceding message was brought to you by King's Word Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-00640.